Welcome to Haunted Horizons Ghostcast, where your hosts, Alison Oborn and Kay Goldwood, will share their experiences in some of the most terrifying and haunted locations in Australia and overseas. So turn the lights off, relax, and enjoy. Hello, Keg. Hello, Alison. How are you? I'm good, and you? Oh, yeah. Getting there. Good. Getting there. Good. Can't complain. Well, I'm not going to listen if you do. No, you don't. That's why. I only complain when I uh, want to really upset you. Yeah, you do. Which is all the time, really. really. It is, yeah. (laughs) So, we are in Australia. What, literally? Well, we are literally in Australia, but today's episode is going to be from Australia. Yay! And we are going to the Heritage and Nautical Museum, which is in Wallaroo. So Wallaroo is a coastal town around two hours from Adelaide, about 160 kilometres. Although now a beautiful tourist and fishing town, it was originally very industrial with copper mines and smelters to handle the copper ore from the mines. First settled in 1851, it soon grew in its heyday to a population of around 8,000 people and became the second biggest port in South Australia, next to Port Adelaide. Oh, cool. In 1923, the price of copper fell and the smelters were forced to close their doors, leading to a dwindling population. Nowadays, the population of Wallaroo sits around 4,000 people. That's still a lot, though, isn't it, Keg? For a, yeah, it for is a seaside town, it's, yeah. it's still quite a big population. It is a popular place to visit for both fishermen and tourists. In the main part of Wallaroo sits the Heritage Nautical Museum, which was our investigation location for the night. It was originally built as a post office in 1865 and operated until 1910, until the post office was moved elsewhere and the police department took it over. After this, it became the police inspector's residence before finally being handed over to become a museum in 1975. The Heritage and Nautical Museum tells the story of Wallaroo, including the maritime, copper smelting, general town history and, of course, the history of the building itself. The collections are laid out in four buildings and have some fascinating items to peruse, including a giant squid that was found in the stomach of a whale. Now, that was interesting. It was. I mean, the the whole place was fascinating, but that was really... That was really... It wasn't as big as I thought it would be. No, actually. Because I've seen giant squids in museums and they have to put them in those big... Things because they're things. giant, <laughs> as you do. So it was a very small giant squid. Yeah, but bigger than a normal squid. Of course, yeah. As you go through the museum, you travel through time, starting with displays and history of the local Naranga people, who used to camp in the sand hills there during winter months, and came up from the York Peninsula. Another room has the interesting story of Charles Stripman, or Stripman who killed Robert Woodhead. Now, he was hanged at the Adelaide Jail Cag in 1877. So I was really quite interested to see that in the display because I actually talk about Charles on my Dark History Tour. He's one of my people. It was a sad story. I might just tell it here, Kay. Okay. Since I brought him up, I'll tell it here. Now, Charles was a Dutchman. 
and he had come over here to South Australia. Now, on his way over, and this is why they think that maybe he did have a little problem. Okay. Because he was a sailor and he had been up the riggings on the sailing ship and actually got hit by lightning. Which, when the lightning hit him when he was up in the crow's nest, obviously knocked him off his feet and he ended up falling and hitting the deck. Now, nobody's going to really be very well after that. No. But he appeared all right, apart from the fact he did suffer a few little issues after that. He came to Wallaroo, but unfortunately he got into financial strife. Now, he had a wife and he had kids. Now, two of his children had already passed away from a disease because there were pandemics going through there, like typhoid and diphtheria and stuff like that. And he'd already lost two of his children to the disease that was going through. Now... His wife and his other kids were very, very sick with it. So he assumed they were going to die. He had the bailiffs after him because he owed all this money. Now, unfortunately, two bailiffs turned up. Robert Woodhead and a partner of his turned up to try and sort out this money problem that he owed. Charles agreed to go back with the other bailiff to the office in Wallaroo. Couldn't work anything out. Went to the pub got blind drunk, headed back home where Robert Woodhead was sitting waiting, walked past Robert Woodhead, went into the bedrooms to see if his children and his wife were okay. Then he walked into the kitchen, picked up a carving knife, walked back up behind Robert Woodhead and planted that carving knife right into the back of his neck or shoulder and neck area. Now, Robert Woodhead managed to crawl out the house screaming for help. He did pass away, sadly. Charles Strickman was arrested for murder, taken to the Adelaide jail, where he was found guilty of having murdered Robert Woodhead and sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. The sad thing is he couldn't remember doing it. He was that blind drunk that he could not remember having done it. He, he had just drunk too much. The other sad thing is his brother, who still lived in Holland, has sent him a letter which arrived the night before his execution. But sadly, Charles couldn't remember Dutch anymore. Really? Yeah, he couldn't remember how to read in Dutch. So they tried to find somebody who could translate it, but unfortunately they couldn't in time before he went to his execution. And he went to the gallows not knowing what his brother had said to him. Nobody knows where that letter went, by the way. The other sad thing, Charles, is one of the only executions that we know for sure went very wrong. Oh. The executioner of the day was Benjamin Ellis, one of our best-known executioners, and he was the one that executed Elizabeth Walcock. And some say that he never got over having executed a woman And because of that, he turned to the drink. But in all honesty, he wasn't described as a very nice person anyway and probably drank a lot long before that. Some say that he never got over having executed a woman. However, he was a bit of a dubious character long before that. But that's another story altogether. We'll do that in the Adelaide Jail one day. Mm. So only four years later, he was there again doing another execution with Charles. Only this time he turned up 
that morning having been drinking. So he forgot to pinion the legs. If you don't pinion the legs when you're going to execute somebody by hanging, what will happen is as soon as they hit fresh air space, their legs are going to start kicking. And unfortunately, that's what happened with Charles's legs. Started to kick. He rebounded back up, got caught on the trap door, and they had to kick him back off again. Sadly, he had already done half of his drop. So he was fully conscious for about 20 minutes until he passed away. But continuing with the Wallaroo, the post office can also still be seen, including junk mail, letters that have been discovered under the floor. So they obviously just decided to dump them. What better way? Stick them under the floor. Nobody will ever see them. And even the original switchboard, which brought back memories for me. Right. I mean, I'm not as old as a switchboard, but we were still using them when I was at work because I used to be on the switchboard. So we that was had my to... first job. Was it? Yeah. Now, some of the original phones are still there as well, one dating back to 1894. And before you say it, Cag, no, I didn't use that one. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> that, was, that was before my time. On first looking... It just looks like a lot of items all over the place, doesn't it? There was yeah. cases and it's just full, full of items. But when you look closer at each of those items, there's quite often a little story behind them. Yes. And that's the really curious thing about it. Now, it was one of our wonderful Patreon subscribers, and we've featured Sandy Hilbert before, who invited us to Moonter and Wallaroo to do some investigating there, some of the sites that she had heard to be haunted herself. As always, when somebody finds us a location, we invite them to join us for the night. Now, we had investigated with Sandy before, and she runs her own little paranormal team in Moonter. As we arrived, we were met by Colin, who has been a volunteer at the Heritage and Nautical Museum for 47 years. Mm, a long that's time, a long isn't it? time, isn't it? And he, he's an absolute wealth of knowledge. And we thoroughly enjoyed our tour around. We've got a short part of the tour up on the video, up on YouTube. So have a look at that. He told us he even ran ghost tours at Wallaroo for a while before COVID hit. On asking him about the ghosts at the museum because who better to ask than somebody who did the ghost tours mm -hmm. in Wallaroo. He was totally honest, and that's what I liked about Colin. Yeah. He was totally honest and said that they were unsure if it was haunted or not. The best he could give us was that some of the volunteers were hearing unusual sounds in the building, including footsteps walking up and down the hallway. But he also said, even though these sounded like heavy footsteps are definitely an adult, he did add that there had been no sightings of ghosts in the building that he was aware of. And he'd been there 47 years. Well, if anybody should know, it would be him. Exactly. So really, I mean, old buildings do make sounds. They do. You know, it was a question of... And we were honest when we went there on our video and on our yeah. live stream. We said, we don't know if there's anything here. We're going to get anything happening. But it's a curious place to investigate. Now, although the postmasters and police inspectors use the building for their family accommodation, to date, I still can't find a record of a death occurring in the building itself. So when we went in, at the end of the day, we 
did wonder whether this was just going to turn out to be a simple case of a residual haunting rather than an intelligent ghost or spirit. Yeah. Because all they've heard is footsteps. Now, two thoughts for what residual could be is the old thinking that it's the stone tape theory. Somebody's walked through that building thousands and thousands of times over its history. And for some reason, a building holds onto it like a recording and just replays it. But there is a new one, Keg. Mm, an interesting one. It is an interesting one. The time isn't linear. It's only linear to us that the past and the present is all happening at the same time. So when you hear those footsteps, they're for real. It's happening right at that moment, somewhere around us in another time dimension, if you like. And for some reason, it's clipped across and we're hearing it. Could be that sound of piano playing, that smell of tobacco, that fleeting shadow. It's not actually a ghost, but it's just time clipping. It's still happening. The past is still happening around us. I will let you go work that one out. <laughs> it's a very, very complicated hypothesis. But it actually, it does make more sense to me. Yeah, than it a, does. Than a building holding on to a recording. Yeah. Like a tape recorder. It also, getting back to that, it also explains, we should do a whole podcast on this, it also explains living ghosts. Have you ever heard of that, Keg? Living ghosts. Is that when people are, are ill or no? No. Okay. It's a living no, ghost. No, you're then. way off track. Okay. So let's say Tom goes overseas. Right. And you come out your kitchen and there's Tom walking across the hallway into his bedroom. Right. But you go, hang on a minute, Tom's in America. Yeah. And then you get worried. Was that just a ghost? Because if that was just a ghost of Tom, then that means something's happened to him and you get worried. Well, that's the first thing you'd think is, yeah. is hey, something's tragic has happened. Yeah. And so yeah. you you phone Tom in America mm. and he answers the phone and he's fine. Then how did he see Tom going across the hallway? And there's a lot of reports like this, and they call we term them living ghosts because the person is still alive. That would explain that one. Not a recording being replayed because he's walked across the hallway, you know, hundreds of times. But you saw Tom mm. in the past, but the past is still happening. Well, that's interesting. But can I just ask you one question? <sighs> can I stop you? No, not really. <laughs> What's the difference between a living ghost? And a doppelganger. A living ghost is, you know that person's far away from the building. Right. Like, he's in America. Yeah. Doppelganger is thought to be a spirit or a energy that takes on the form of that person, but generally has to be in close proximity. So, let's say I'm at Talem Town. Right. And you're at Talem Town. And then you see me. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't anywhere near that spot. I was in the shop, but you're seeing me over in the hotel. Right. Okay. So generally, doppelgangers do have to be in that vicinity of living people. So the chances of Tom being a doppelganger 
when you saw him, which you didn't see him, I'm just using it as an example, yeah. would be very slim. Whereas, like in Eloise, the lady in Eloise said that security was seeing her walking yes. around the building. Even oh, though, that's true. Yeah. Even with her T-shirt on, the difference was yeah. she was wearing a hat, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It even seemed to take on the clothing of what she was wearing that day. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Keg? It does. Thank you very much for that. I was thank just, you. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that one. Thank you. <laughs> and one last thing to consider about if this museum was haunted, the amount of items in there. Oh, thousands yeah. upon thousands of different items, some with stories behind them. So the question is, could energy have attached itself? We did go in with that idea that we may get absolutely nothing. And we decided to investigate the main building first. So we set ourselves up in the hallway. After all, I don't believe if ghosts exist, they're stuck in a room. I've always preferred hallways, to be quite honest. Well, hallways are great because you, you, some of the equipment you can put into rooms, you don't have to physically mm. see them because you, at the t you know, because then they make a noise or the lights will flash or you know they're going off. So when you do a hallway, you can do the rooms at the same time. Yeah. So you can get more done, can't you? I know what I mean. It's a very long-winded explanation there, Kat. It is. It was very long-winded. You could have just said that if we put something noisy in a room, we'll hear it. Yeah, but we don't always put noisy things in. Sometimes we have we put flashy things in as well. We like flashy things. <laughs> We're very technical. We are. And professional to that. Exactly. We chose the hallway and we put the equipment all the way down the hallway. And this is where it got weird nearly straight away. So we started the live stream because it was a live stream that night. And as I was explaining what I was going to do to the people who were watching, I kept turning to Sandy who I thought was in the room to my side. Now, it, it took a few seconds before I realised, Keg, Sandy wasn't standing with me. No. She was actually standing with you further back in the hallway. So I took a second look in the room and there was nobody there. Now, I will say I did have a torch blinding me a little bit at the time. So the rational me is going to say, well... It could, it could just have been a trick of the eye, but it, it, I honestly, I thought it was Sandy standing there. You seemed convinced at the time that you were actually yeah, talking. I think to I actually Sandy did there. talk to her at one point. Yeah, to the side of me, and that's when I started to realise she wasn't. She was behind yeah. me because it's a very narrow hallway, mm. so we had difficulty all standing together. Yeah. Now, as we introduced ourselves to whoever could be there. We asked if they could perhaps light up any of our equipment to let us know their presence, but nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not even a blink of no. any of the equipment. Not the slightest. So as we always do, could we always like to do the EVP sessions when everything is fresh and got lots of energy? We like to do those first and we got nothing. nothing. <laughs> we may have caught a small whisper, but it's very inconclusive and could well have been one of us yeah the car don't know what that was off we turn to the portal and the ghost box yes and i did ask and for those who don't know what a ghost box is sorry we should explain spirit box ghost box broken radio doesn't matter what model you use whether it's the PSB, whether it's the old radio shacks, 
they're all broken radios that are going through the bandwidth and white noise. We started that running and I explained what it was and said, if you manipulate this, then we might actually be able to hear you and then we can respond. So I said, can you manipulate this? And almost immediately out of it came a male voice that just went, no. no. <laughs> okay, we're on, a, we're on a winner here then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're on a no starter. Then you, you asked as well, didn't you? You yeah. kind of joined in. I said, well, can you tell me your last name, please? What's your surname? Just to make sure that they know what the last name was. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out with Sam. Yeah, we thought, well, that's well, that's nice, but Sam's tends to be a first name. I've got a question here, so can you tell me what your last name is, please? What's your surname? But when I got home, Ooh. I did check on Sam, and it is actually a surname as well. Yeah, you never think about that, do no. you? But this is what you miss, Keg, and I missed when I was editing the video. And I only picked it up this morning. Because, again, we're not going to lie, we do have to go back over these videos that we put up because it's been a long time since we've done them. And we're old and we can't remember things. If, we can't, if, if it's been 10 minutes since I edited this video, I am going to forget it. Yeah, exactly. What I found this morning, Keg, is when I was listening back to it, I did ask, is that your first name? And what we missed at the time is a little undervoiced that says, it is. Oh, how cool. It is. Is that your first name? I did ask, do you work here or were you one of their family members? And there was a really condescending <laughs> male voice that came yeah. out. Of course. Of course. Did you work here? Or were you one of the family members? You lived here. Yeah. yeah. But there was nothing concrete, was there? That was about no. it. Um, nothing out of the equipment. Nothing out of the EVP session. Nothing out of the ghost box. So we decided we would try one last ditch effort Yeah, with the Estes method. Because we don't give up. We don't. We never take a hint. No. We are persistent, like little terriers with rags. We are. We are. Estes, for those who don't know, same thing. Ghost box, spirit box, but this time with a headset in so that we can't be biased on what we're hearing. And it was me that put it on. And I went further down the hallway. And you're the one that was asking the questions. Yes, I was, yeah. So my first question, can you tell me, are you male or female? <laughs> but I came out with something very unrelated, really. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you ask an intelligent question and you I get did. a completely different answer. How are you? Yeah, which was not well, what nice. I was expecting. It was nice. It was very nice. They obviously nice. cared and wanted to know how you were. Maybe they knew something you didn't. Maybe yeah. they knew you were going to be sick or something. I don't know. I don't know. And then I said, look, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? But then I've got no reply on that one. So anyway, <laughs> it was again. just like mute. Yeah. So okay, can you say your name nice and clearly for me, please? <laughs> totally unrelated again. Yeah. People. Hmm. And you thought maybe 
there was a concern about all these new people. Yeah, I did say, look, there were there are some people here today because you know maybe that place at night is quiet. They're mm. not used to people being there at night time. Intruding. Mm. So I said, can you try really hard? Tell her, which I mean, Alison. Her. Her. Yeah. The cat's mother. Exactly. What your name is. My name's Cag. Can you please tell me what your name is? It was an interesting one because I heard a child. It was a clear child's voice that just went, me. Me. I thought, oh. It's nice. Maybe he doesn't remember his name. And maybe the only thing he could say was, it's me. Yeah. It's me. So, going down the child route here. Which you have to. Yeah. So, if there is a child here, don't be frightened. Because it must be a bit scary if there is a child All these people. Yeah. I just went, tired. And it was, again, a child's voice. Tired. And... You know, I had, I had feelings for this child because I said, yes, so am I. It's the hot Keg weather. understands tired, I as do. some of you who watch who watch our videos would understand. Yes. I do tired really well. She does tired very well. she doesn't, do. actually. You don't do tired well. You do I'm asleep very well. I do, yes. I'm unconscious in the middle of an EVP session. <laughs> Very well. I snore well as well. Standing on my feet, yeah. asking questions. She does very well. I'm good at that. Yeah, there's a talent. Nobody's got a talent, and I think I've found mine. So, so anyway, I, yes, am I? It's the hot weather. Is it time for your nap? Because I wanted one. <laughs> you don't need an excuse. No, I don't. But then there was nothing. No reply on that one. No. So, okay, let's go down the front. If you want to play with those lights down there, and I pointed yeah. down the hallway. You're more than welcome to. Now, this is where it changed. It was almost like what was childlike before. The voice changed completely and it was just out. And it was a really gruff male voice that I heard out. Being polite like you are, Cag. Being In fact, polite, it's very funny listening back to it all because I don't hear what Cag's doing. Mm-hmm. But her reactions are always quite amusing. <laughs> I go, okay. I'd rather stay if possible. It didn't say it like that. Okay. You kind of went, oh, okay. Oh, we'd rather stay if possible. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just told us out. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, I don't take that sort of thing well. <laughs> and then came a welcome. So we thought, okay, maybe we're in with a chance now. Yeah. So I just thought I'd introduce Colin into it because, you know, Colin, the gentleman that was with us. Yep. You must know Colin. And expecting, you know, to get a really, really appropriate answer. And then we got green. Yeah. Which actually was, uh, it sounds so random, but it actually was very relevant, wasn't it? Well, it's the colour of the lights going down yeah. the hallway. We, because the live stream has to be able to see on a phone and can't see infrared, we, had, we use green light. Yeah. Green visible light. So, so yeah. Okay. And that's what the colour of the lights here tonight. Can you see the coloured lights? Do you like them? And that's when that gruff voice came back through. Enough. Hmm. <laughs> and then Keg's usual polite yeah. little reply. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point, I was moving the ghost box around, which you'll see in the video, because suddenly it just 
started to get an awful lot of interference. Now, this is because I didn't know what was happening or what the questions were. And all I know is that I was getting this very gruff voice out enough. And then suddenly I lost all the voices. It was almost like this unbearable static in the ghost box. And it just went from voices to static to no more voices. It was really weird the way that happened. So what do you do with a ghost box? You hit it. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me. What do you do with any item that's not working properly? No, you, you shake it, you shake it, you hit it. And if it still doesn't work, you turn it off and turn it back on again. You do. You do, that's what happens. So I went back on. So just hoping there's still a child there, I just said, um, can you tell me how old you are, please? But all you got was the word Norman, which I'm sure it doesn't mean Norman times. No, especially not in... No, no. 1066. No. No. So, thinking it could be somebody called Norman, that'd be cool. Okay, mm. Norman, can you tell us what you used to do? Are you connected to this building or are you connected to the items in the building? And again, I don't know whether it was related. I just came out with don't. Okay. What don't you want us to do? We don't want to upset you. And, okay, did you know the policeman? Now, the next word, because you did two questions back to back. Yeah, I did. The next word that came out that I heard was a male voice saying talk. I think it was to do with your first question. What don't you want us to do? Yeah. Talk. (laughs) Do you ever get the impression if there's anything there really, really didn't want to communicate? At that moment, I came off the headphones. We tried one last ditch effort, didn't we? Yes, we did. With the equipment. Look, if you want us to leave, we thought we'd turn it all around. If you want us to leave, light a light up. Just one. Don't care which one. If you want us to stop, and we will honour that. But nothing. No. Nothing. Very, very quiet. But, hey, that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in that building. Maybe it is residual stuff. Yeah. There were a couple of curious responses, but not concrete ones. So we, we puddled off. It poodled. Or puddled. We puddled off to another building there. Now, this was the huge, great shed. with It's just dripping with items, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. It's absolutely amazing. That's where the giant squid is. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we did an EVP burst and we got... Absolutely uh, nothing. So you went on that Estus. I did. And even before you asked the first question, mm. I came out with head, mm. which I was like, that's a little bit weird. But anyway, that's what I heard. Mm. At first, we thought, well, that's just a random word until I thought, you know what? Maybe it's talking about your head, Cag. Why my head? Because you had blue things on your head. I had blue things on my head? You had the headphones. Of course I did. Unless they passed away in the last few decades or a couple of decades, they probably wouldn't have known what they were on your head. No, that's so true. Mm. So I asked, well, do you mean the lady who has the blue things on her head? Her name is Cag. Yeah, um, and then I came out with Ron, which, which wasn't relevant, but it it's wasn't. always a little bit eerie, though, isn't it, when you hear that? 
There's no way. Maybe they found you frightening. Maybe they did. Oh my God! Run! (laughs) Gag is here. I I did point out. Look, these blue things on her head—they're going to allow Cag to hear any words that you want to say through that little box that she's holding. So, can you tell me your name, please? And that's when I came out with Sun. Hmm. Again, at the time, it didn't seem relevant, did it? No. Now, as soon as you said son, the cat ball went off on the bottle of rum. So it was kind of pretty much the same time. Yeah. So I thought, okay, let's go down this alcoholic route. And also, I just want to point out, that ball had been on top mm-hmm. of the bottle of rum for quite a while. It had, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time that we were setting up and... Mm-hmm doing the rest of the Estus and the EVP. So I said, well, did you like to drink? And the ball went off on the rum again, on cue. And then you said... Two. Two. Well, nobody likes just one drink, do they? No. No. (laughs) Maybe you want to have a drink with me. Maybe. So then I asked, it's like, did you just notice that there is alcohol in here? And Sandy chimed in and said, there's also cigarettes. Yeah, and my answer was, they caused. Hmm. I'm like, okay. And is that you playing with the little ball on the rum? Did you used to drink? Yeah, resentment. And then it came out with port. Hmm. I didn't think that was going to be any relevance at all until you told me afterwards. Hmm. I was just about to say, what is it that you used to like to drink? It's almost like it answered me before the question. And that's another thing that comes back to that time thing. Does time mean anything for them over there? Is the future the same as the past? So they know what the question was going to be. They can answer it before if they want to. Mm. Very weird. And that's that's happened a few times, Mm. doesn't it? We, We have had that. So I did say, if you give us your name, we might be able to find out who you are and you gave me one one name what ghost yeah it's not really a name though, is it? it's not really a name but i mean did they, did they do they know that they were a ghost it's probably just a random thing that came out but it's oh, not God. something you get through you would get ghosts coming out of the radio when you're doing a ghost hunt of course you would all the time but it did give a name eventually, didn't it? It did. I couldn't decipher whether it was Bill or Will, but at the mm. end of the day, it's still the same name. Yeah. It's just one's short for the other one, isn't it? Yeah. And the interesting thing is I had just asked for a name. So it was good timing. The CAG at that point did come out with a name. Yeah. And then followed it up with... Dead. So obviously he knew. She, he, whether it's Bill or Will, knew. And at that point, the ball on the rum lit up again Mm. so I thanked them I said thank you for giving us your name Bill or Will could you now give us a surname because that's going to be a lot easier for us to be able to track you down Will and Bill are extremely popular names back then yes yeah so I came out then with two words Mm -hmm. I came out with two Mm -hmm. and then good that's interesting that you said two earlier as well yeah and it was pointed out by one of our viewers ones that were watching they said well good could actually be a surname which is good yeah it is a surname Mm -hmm. 
Now, the ball went off on the rum bottle at exactly the same time, and you immediately said... Measuring it. Yeah, making sure there's enough in there. Exactly. I said, (laughs) I did laugh. I said, there's not much alcohol in there to measure. And then this is where it got interesting. Yeah, it was... It's not often you get like a sentence come out, Mm. but it said, oh, good day, love. And you said it in such a surprised way, as if somebody just walked in. And then almost immediately you said something else. Yeah, um, it was a totally different voice Mm. and it was very stern. It was, leave it. And the ball didn't go off again after that. It's almost as though somebody was telling him to leave the ball alone, wasn't it? So I asked who is playing with the ball on the run and you came out with a name. Finally. I did. Corinne. Mm. It was like somebody playful, whether it be a child or a lady. It was almost that playful thing with playful answers until the gruff, until you said, oh, hello, love. Yeah. (laughs) And then everything changed. Leave it. Okay. Mm. No more playing with the equipment then. Now, you came off the headphones Yes, I I did. got you very quickly to go back on. Yes. (laughs) Because it's it's getting interesting. And almost immediately you had a voice come out. I did. Thank you. Yeah. It was almost as I thank you for putting her back on because we want to keep talking. Now, I continue to do some questioning, but you did come out with something else that seemed random at first until we had a little think about it. Yeah, I came out with glowing Mm. and then take it out. And afterwards we thought, well... Could that have been the ball? Because it flashes and it has light. And especially as something was playing with it and then somebody else came in and said, leave it. Whether it was that take it out. This was another way of just telling us to go. Get out of Take your glowing balls and yeah. go out. Go. go. <laughs> take it out. Take it out. And this time I was very polite. I said, I'm sorry. If we don't seem to be getting it, it's really, really hard with just words trying to find out the meaning of what you're saying, which it is because we get these words and then we've got to make sense of them. It's not like you're on a telephone having a full on conversation with you. You've got to make sense of these words. So I apologize for seeming very stupid. (laughs) And that's when our viewer Naomi pointed out about the ball. Yes. And that it was glowing. And could they mean that? Which they could. Yeah. And it's at that point that I actually took the headphone set off because everything had just stopped. There was nothing coming through at all. Yeah. Now, this was definitely one of our quieter investigations to date. But this is the way it is. We could well have just been there on a low activity night. Or maybe it is more residual that the volunteers are experiencing. I'm going to go with the fact that it's, it's probably not haunted as such but we seem to just get this residual stuff coming out of it the last session with the ball was curious though and did seem to be more intelligent now whether it's something from the museum whether it's something a spirit or energy we've just attracted in from the area for that night a random spirit that came in as we all know the paranormal though doesn't happen every day or we would be calling it normal not paranormal, natural, not supernatural. Either way, whether the Heritage Nautical Museum ghosts exist or not, it is certainly a unique and wonderful place to visit. At the time of doing this podcast, 
I believe it is only about $6 to get in, but don't quote us on that. May have gone up since we were there. And is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. There is so much to see there, so factor this in when you're visiting. I'm sure if Colin is there, he would be more than happy to answer your questions as he is very, very passionate about that museum. Thank you to Sandy for organising this and to Colin and the volunteers at the Heritage Nautical Museum for allowing us to come and explore their incredible museum. Now, before we finish, Keg, yes, we need to say it. Oh, yes. If there's a button, press it. Unless it says danger, don't press that one. Don't press that one. No. I can get you into big trouble. Yeah. If there's anything on any of our social media, we have Facebook, we have YouTube, we have Patreon. If there is anything that says like, subscribe, become a member, then definitely, definitely press it. Review on the podcast. Please review on the podcast because it heartens us, doesn't it? It does. It heartens us to know that we're not wasting our little time here doing this for you. With the podcast, we definitely do not get anything out of it whatsoever, apart from we love to share with you guys. So please review it nicely if you've enjoyed it. Please just subscribe and please share. To help us keep doing these investigations for you from all over the world, it it is expensive, guys. I'm going to say that. We do hire these places. There's the travel, there's the accommodation, there's the venue hire, there's the time that we take to do this. It isn't cheap. Please consider becoming a Patreon or a subscriber on YouTube. Any little bit helps us to keep doing this you can be guaranteed that money definitely goes back into everything that it costs us so we're always very grateful with anything that you can do to help apart from that enjoy the rest of your week as we no doubt will enjoy ours Mm -hmm. hopefully working but we good job we love our work and we will see you again from another location next week so until then Bye. Bye. Please remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. The extended video version of these episodes are available for members of Spotify and Patreon. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and see the full investigation from these episodes on our YouTube channel. Details are in the About section of this podcast. Thank you from Cag and Ali for listening. <laughs>